I think as I get older and I gain more and more experience with guiding, um, you know, I realize that there's this piece of guiding. I've known this for most of my career, if not all my career. I've always thought there's a piece of guiding where you, you've never fully relaxed, right? You're, there's always a piece, whether it's a social component, that you can uh, keep a little distance between you and your clients to have a little separation there. But certainly in the guiding piece, and it's like as I get older and I see more and more of the risks involved and understand them more fully um, and see how small our margins actually are when we're guiding, even in really simple top roping terrain in some ways, um, there are things if you do incorrectly can be catastrophic. Um, And seeing the world with that greater filter of all the the hazards out there and then thinking about how to mitigate those hazards um, is really exhausting. But I've also learned like you have to be careful and you have to stay vigilant all the time. Like you just can't let your guard down at all at any point. And it's kind of interesting because it's like in some ways when you're a new instructor, like or a new guide, like you do everything like super, super safe. Like this person's always clipped into an anchor as they're relatively near an edge, maybe in a top managed climb, for example, um, where, you know, I might be like, hey, why don't you just sit here and you'll be fine and don't go near that edge. And I'm not going to clip you in, but you'll be fine if you just sit there, right? So as I get older, it's like I don't always necessarily gravitate towards these like really technical, like robust, like you're going to be chained to this anchor all the time to keep you safe. Sometimes I'm like, all right, you're an adult. We've talked about this. I just need you to be here. Here's our boundary. And you need to be have some responsibility in this and go for it and just do what I ask you. But, you know, we do have to be really careful when we kind of start doing that, that we're not doing things like that, like adding less technical security to things because we're just being lazy or like, oh, they won't need it. Um, because it's really these events in guiding that are low probability but high consequence that get us. Um, you know, a low probability event that has low consequence, who cares? It's not going to happen or likelihood of it happening is not, is not that great. And if it does happen, not a big deal. Just like a high probability but low consequence event, you know, it's like, sure, that might happen. But if it does happen, it's still not a huge deal. So we might think about it a little bit more. But then when we have like these high probability, high consequence kind of situations like we're usually pretty on guard like we're like ready for that like all right this is a big deal the chance of something happening is is high and if it really does happen it's going to be really bad so i'm really going to take a lot of precautions to do this um whatever we're doing but then it's those those there's areas of where oftentimes we let our guard down a little bit we're like ah the chance of this happening is really really low but if it does happen it's going to be kind of a bigger deal and that's what gets us so being really vigilant and understanding when that situation is because there are oftentimes flowing back and forth through those four different um, pieces I just mentioned, you know, between high probability and low probability and high consequence and low consequence. Like that's a very dynamic, fluid state. We're, we're oftentimes not just in one all day, you know, and then it sh- completely shuts off and then we're on another one all day. Sometimes it can be more like that. Um, you know, thinking about being like 
really significant avalanche terrain. And then all of a sudden you just ski out into the valley where it's like, it's just flat and mellow. It's like, all right, we've, we've gone from this one box to this other box and we're pretty safe now. Um, but we're oftentimes going between all those different things, um, all the time. And if we let our guard down, we open ourselves up to a little complacency and we open ourselves up to the potential for something to happen, even though the likelihood is pretty small. So I think about that is as we make a decision to maybe use a less technical solution to add some security, like we're going to rely more on our client's ability to move or ski or just follow commands. Like we need to be really careful because even people who are that we have worked with and maybe have a little bit more confidence in a little more trust. We've seen them move. We've seen them ski. We've seen them perform under stress. Like they're, they're still open to making a mistake, whether it's doing something different because they're stressed or they just slip, you know, it doesn't matter how good a skier you are. You can still just catch an edge and take a weird fall. Right. In almost any terrain I've seen that happen. So it's like, we can't always just completely rely on their ability to do that. Even though we do do that a lot. Um, it's just a really interesting thing. So just like the other day I was guiding and I chose to not belay where I normally belay, belay it at a little higher stance. I still had good visual, good verbal communication. Um, it put a little more rope in the system. The client who was climbing, climbing first could easily climb the climb and she slipped on the opening moves and kind of tagged her ankle a little bit. Now, luckily it wasn't really a bad fall, um, you know, by any means, but because I had moved a little bit higher, because I, I wanted to be at this little higher stance, because the lower stance I go to is more when I want to coach a little bit more. And I'm like, oh, these, I just climbed a route with these folks. I've climbed with them before. They, they can climb this stuff, no problem. I, I like this higher stance for these reasons today. I'm going to go here, but it did introduce more rope into the system, which is a little bit more elongation when they're making these moves right off the ground. And this woman slipped, which I did not anticipate because she's climbing really well and those opening moves aren't too bad. Um, but you know, I kind of let my guard down a little bit and she slipped. So low probability of her slipping, but you know, she tagged her ankle and luckily, like I said, it wasn't a bad ankle issue. It's just, just, she had to stop and like rest it for a second. And then she was fine for the rest of the day, but you know, she still hit it and kind of like initially made some like you know, express like, Oh, I kind of hit my ankle a little bit. Just give me a second. So I was like, well, that could have been much worse depending on if there was a little bit more slack in the system or whatever. So, you know, you let your guard down, you make this choice and you're relying on your client's ability to facilitate making this other choice, right? And then all of a sudden they don't perform as well as you thought they would. And then all of a sudden your choice is like, ooh, if I was a little bit lower down, there would have been less elongation in the system because I had less rope in the system and they probably wouldn't have, you know, had that same scenario happen or it would have been slightly different, right? Um, another example was I was out guiding and I was using a, uh, a rope system that I have used before, but not, I was kind of playing around with it. And um, essentially I had lowered this person down into this climb and I had used the rope to kind of create this rappel, this one rope to use a, make a two strand rappel. So essentially lowered a bite down and, and to make this story short, they're in this climb that I've probably had a thousand people climb. I don't even know at this point. And I've never had anybody like get hurt in it by any means. And I even made a comment to myself like, oh, wow, if, you know, because I've used one rope to do the whole system, I was like, oh, if I have to do a drop loop, you know, I won't have a, a lot of rope to use. Um, so they were climbing up really um, towards the beginning of the climb and they just slipped a little bit 
and they actually kind of not only slipped, it was in a chimney climb, but they slipped and they actually fell in a certain way where it actually like they hit their shoulder as they fell, which was interesting. I'd never really seen that happen. I've thought about it a lot in that particular place, but I'd never seen it happen. So they were, their arm was hurt. Um, and so they couldn't really, um, climb anymore, especially in this chimney climb. Um, you know, kind of did a quick assessment just verbally with them and visually from a distance. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to haul this person up. Now I didn't have enough rope to do a drop loop because of the way I built my system, but they couldn't do it anyway because they hurt their arms. So they wouldn't really be able to help with that drop loop. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to have to haul them up. Luckily I have another client with me so they can help me. But I was really glad that I maintained some of my vigilance where I still kept my master point further away from the edge. This was a a sea cliff scenario where we were top managing a climb. So I had a lot of space between my master point and the edge. So now that I actually had to do this haul system and and rig a haul system at the top of the cliff, I had a pretty good haul field. So I could actually haul a pretty good distance before I had to reset. And I was really glad that I kind of maintained this principle that I've had for a long time about how we set up top managed climbs and, and where it is to set the master point. So it was like this nice little piece of vigilance is like, I'm going to set this system up, even though the likelihood of me having to do this haul, and I had to haul them almost the whole way up this climb, which I hadn't done in like 20 years on that cliff, hauled that far. Um, but because I had this vigilance piece, I set my system up to be ready for that, even though the likelihood was, was low that I would have to employ that technique, I could just do it. Um, and that was great. And I, and I see that a lot. It's like, you know, you know, when you build your systems or when you do whatever you're doing, you know, set yourself up. So you're at least more covered for that low probability, high consequence event. And sometimes we don't have anything like we're just in terrain and we're moving, um, quickly and we have a lot of terrain to cover. We're like, all right, we just have to move through this. And that's, that's our thing. But even when I'm like, working with somebody, say, in the alpine or a winter environment, and we're walking, and, and I'm choosing not to short rope, right, because for whatever reason, I'm still going to be very vigilant about watching them move, maybe cutting steps for them in places so they have a little bit more um, footing, a little more short footing, coaching them on their ice axe placement and how to, like, really drive their PLA into the snow to give them a little bit more security. Like, I'm still employing other things to help mitigate the situation, even though I may have chosen to use a less technical solution by having a rope and having some sort of belay or short roping or whatever. Like we make those choices all the time. And as the train gets bigger, we rely more and more on our clients' abilities to do things and perform things because we just need them to do that to be able to move through that amount of terrain in a timely manner so we can get off the mountain, right? Um, it's a classic kind of alpine scenario. Like, like we're going to have less technical security because we need to move through this terrain at a faster rate so we can get off the mountain before the storm comes, before nightfall comes or whatever. And then where it does get more technical, we'll slow down and, and employ a rope potentially or whatever the, the tool is to mitigate the hazard. But the big thing is like we can never let our guard down. We always have to stay vigilant. And there's always – I'm sure – Anybody who's listening, who's on any guiding has have multiple places in their careers where they're like, I let my guard down just for a second. I'm like, oh, this person will be fine. And then all of a sudden they just slipped and they, and something happened or whatever it is, you know, whether it's skiing, rock climbing, alpine climbing, you know, some basic snow climbing, whatever it is. Um, and 
the consequence wasn't high for various reasons, or maybe it was high, you know, if that's what happened for your particular situation. But I just really learned that you can never let your guard down. You always need to keep your vigilance up. Um, And when you're a younger guy, you oftentimes don't understand that piece. And you also don't understand when and where that plays into things more. Um, Because you just don't have as good of awareness of the situation. You you really don't. You just don't understand the risk factors. It's funny because, you know, you think about Bloom's taxonomy and part of Bloom's taxonomy is this piece of like unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and then unconscious competence. And sometimes as guides learn a new skill, they become consciously competent in a new skill, but sometimes they they are unconsciously incompetent on some of the, the new risks that that skill brings to the table. And they're like, oh, I'm applying this skill set in this terrain, but they're not always fully aware of like some of the other risk things that, that using that that skill or whatever actually brings to the table. So they're not they're not always keeping their vigilance up because they don't know. Um, and then as you get more and more skilled and have more and more experience, you're like, oh, wow, okay. I see now there are some issues here over here that I didn't really realize because when I was new to this skill set, you know, I thought I was doing this, but then there's this whole other world of things that are opening up now that I wasn't quite aware of. And um, so as you get older, you know, that vigilance piece really becomes even more um, poignant to you because you understand the margins are so much thinner than you really think. The consequences are so much higher than you really think. Um, and it's a big deal. And that also applies to you as the guide, right? So if you decide to like, oh, I'm just going to skip this piece today. I always place a piece here, but I'm just going to skip it because whatever. Then if you slip or hold breaks or you catch an edge or whatever, you know, and then you fall right there and all of a sudden your low probability for you becomes really high consequence for you. And then once again, guide gets hurt. Where does that put the client? Probably not in a good place, especially as we're on bigger objectives. So you have to guard yourself and be really vigilant with your own safety in the mountains. And this is really tricky. It's this constant balance of too much or not enough, right? And sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. And sometimes we never really know because nothing happened. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we are right if nothing happens. And it doesn't mean we are wrong if nothing happens, right? Um, or it doesn't mean we were wrong if something happens, right? Sometimes something happens and we, we made the best decision, but something still happened. So keep that vigilance up when you're out there and never let your guard down, even though there are times and places where you're going to choose maybe less technical solutions to the problem because you're relying more on your clients to be able to perform a task, but always doing that with some other form of mitigation, whether it's really good coaching, really keeping your eyes on them and, and giving them specific feedback or whatever it is. Um, but you really can never just let your client do whatever, just like let your guard down completely because they're completely um, unpredictable at times. Even when you have a pretty good sense of them and you worked with them, you just never know. Um, and then same thing for yourself. Be really vigilant. Set yourself up for the low probability, high consequence situation. So if it does happen, it's not as big a deal to solve or fix. You know, so don't be lazy and complacent with where you build your blank or like you build it really low, for example. Um, it's just one example, like on a multi-pitch climb. You know, and also now you have to haul and, and you only have 
12 inches to haul, space to haul from versus putting the anchor higher, your master point higher, and then having, you know, three and a half feet or whatever the scenario is. So let's, um, but be vigilant out there. It will be, um, it's important.